On today's show, we have part two of Melissa's solo Disney World adventure. This is WWDW, the Disney World Planning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 222. I'm your host, Julie Elster, creator of WRWDW.com, the Disney World planning website. We have part two of Melissa's trip. If you have not listened to part one, I would go back to the previous episode. We talk about staying at the boardwalk, solo travel, standby skipper, Genie Plus, a whole slew of really, really great tips, a lot of good information. The show notes on this one are going to be packed with some really great links, so make sure you check that out. But I'm just going to let Melissa jump right in to the second half of her trip. So the next day was Tuesday, and this day Genie Plus, which had been $35 the previous two days, was down to $29. So I just got Hollywood Studios for $26, but I actually regretted later on not giving myself the extra flexibility of being able to park up for the sake of three dollars um so i bought the individual lightning lane for rise of the resistance at that was 25 dollars, which was very expensive got yeah. that for 10 o'clock and then i also got the individual lightning lane for guardians for later on in the afternoon and standby skipper got me a slinky dog for 9 15. so this is when i think my opinion started to change about standby skipper and i became more positive about it um so left the room at 7 30 just for anyone staying in Boardwalk, there are secret stairs that bring you closer to Hollywood Studios if you go into the DVC section. So I had discovered them when we stayed there before. We have DVC and we had stayed on that side. This day it was cold. It didn't really fancy walking outside for as long. So if you go, when you're in the lobby of Boardwalk, if you turn left, if the Boardwalk itself is behind you, that's the stand, the normal rooms. Right is the DVC area. And if you keep walking along the corridor and keep an eye out to your left, the first left corridor you come to, you walk down it and there's a door. It's kind of a secret hidden door. Ah. And it brings you right out at the pool, which cuts a good five or 10 minutes off your walk to Hollywood Studios. Oh, good tip. Good tip. So uh, I got into Hollywood Studios at about 8 a.m. And there was a cast member announcing that Slinky Dog was going to be at least a couple of hours before it opened. Oh, geez. Which actually I was delighted about because I thought, well, that means I'll probably get an anytime lightning lane and I can ride it at night. So I was quite pleased about that. Mickey and Minnie's was very busy because Slinky was closed. So everybody was hearing that announcement as they reached Mickey and Minnie's and decided to hop into the line. (laughs) Um, But I only waited 10 minutes and then I went to Toy Story Mania. Uh, It was posted 30 minutes and I did wait 30 minutes and that was still within early entry. Um, Slinky had just started running by the time I got out of there. So I could have gone, but I decided I would still wait until after dark because it's just much more fun. And then I got an alien swirling saucers through standby skipper for 9.20. So went straight over there. Then I waited only a couple of minutes for Alien Swirling Saucers and I got in line for Sorcerer Mickey and Red Carpet Minnie at 9.45. That's the type of thing. It was posted 45 minutes and while my husband would wait in line, no problem if I wanted to do it, I know it wouldn't be his thing. So that gave me the freedom to do that and not have to worry about him being bored and thinking this isn't (laughs) worth waiting 45 minutes. We don't normally wait 45 minutes for things we tend to we're very lucky to be able to go often and therefore if we don't do it on this trip we'll do it on the next or we'll get genie plus um that was definitely worth it because i had worn a dress very like minnie's dress so she was delighted with that <laughs> um then i went to my rise of the resistance light individual lightning lane walked straight on it and um, i'm not a big star wars fan but 
I love imagining what it must be like for people who grew up obsessed with Star Wars. It's just so good. And it was, everything was working. All the animatronics were perfect. It was fantastic. Um, then I had a Star Tours Lightning Lane. So went there straight away. Standby was 50 minutes and that was at 11 o'clock. So that was for Star Tours. Too. I know Yikes. it was just so busy. I think I could be wrong, but I think this is the day my husband texted me that night and said there was a queue for um, the treehouse in Magic Kingdom oh, that day. Yeah. And two of the parks had sold out. Oh, so. I had heard that. The treehouse, typically, there's nobody there. Like anytime I've gone in the treehouse, I'm just wandering around alone in the treehouse. See, if there's a queue for the treehouse, you know you're in trouble. Exactly. So then I had a dining reservation at Hollywood and Vine for 1130. Um, I love Hollywood and Vine. I love that the characters change their costumes. I've done three out of the four iterations now. Um, so it took about 10 minutes to get seated there, but the characters don't come out for a while anyway. So it gave me a chance to get my food. If you're vegan, it's probably the best buffet on property. Amazing options. They have really delicious crispy tofu some olive oil smashed potatoes a really good risotto a great apple crisp for dessert really 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 delicious one thing i would say in my experience if if you're going to a character meal or a busy restaurant my preference is always to book at the start of that meal time so i know that hollywood and vine can get very chaotic later in the day or any buffet can but if you book at opening time it tends to be not busy characters have more time much easier and I found that with all of my other reservations that were at the beginning of service too and the characters there are so good so good loved it so then I I went straight then to meet Olaf I had got a lightning lane through standby skipper um, and then standby skipper next got me a tower of terror lightning lane which I had a whole outfit planned for the evening, which was a Tower of Terror dress and I have the ears and I have a hat. So I was going to do a whole photo thing. (laughs) But I decided throughout the day, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat when it comes to rides. And it's only relatively recently in the last few years that I've done Tower of Terror. And I decided that the ratio of scary to fun when my husband wasn't there was insufficient. (laughs) So (laughs) I actually gave that lightning lane up because I just wasn't feeling it. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Um. So then I went to Brown Derby Lounge. Um, I love people watching it. And I mean, we do it together, but especially when I was on my own, it was lovely. And it also means you're not spending time on your phone, which you're kind of tempted to do when you're on your own, particularly if you're waiting in line. So um, I joined the waitlist for it and it said 50 minutes, but it was actually five minutes later when I got in. Just to say their only guidelines, the lady ahead of me while I was waiting to get in was really angry because it apparently had said 60 minutes she had waited 40 and her family wasn't all there and they were off riding rides and she was quite mean to the cast member saying but it said 60 minutes and the cast member was trying to explain that that's just a guideline and that's probably the longest you'd wait but you need to be ready a little bit before that so just to be aware you might be called much faster than you think you would. another excellent tip yeah Maybe just plan to shop or do something. Right, small. right. Don't get in line for an attraction that is going to eat up, you know, exactly 60 minutes or somewhere in that neighborhood. You know, do something where you can be close by and you can leave if necessary. Yes. Yeah. That's, I think, the best people watching spot in all of Disney World. I absolutely love that lounge. <laughs> it's just so nice. Um, so then I went to the Beauty and the Beast live on stage show, which I hadn't been to in a few years. And it was 
absolutely fantastic. Um, we went on a Disney cruise a couple of years ago and Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney film. And I didn't particularly care for the way that it was produced on the ship. The I stage didn't like show. The holding, yeah. yeah, the stage show. I didn't like the the way they hold big kind of cardboard versions of the characters. Whereas in the Hollywood studio show, they're dressed up like they are the teapot or whatever mm-hmm, it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I thought the singer, singers were amazing. It's a really, really good show. Um, then I past Toy Story Mania and the standby was 150 minutes so (laughs) (laughs) Um, so then I decided to try something I'd never done before which was the single rider line for for Smuggler's Run the standby was 110 minutes I walked up there were two people ahead of me in line and I got on within one minute nice I came back down the stairs well came out of the attraction and went back straight up and got straight on again and I did it again later in the week and that was my experience all of the time was just no wait whatsoever, even when the standby was long. Now, granted, you are nine times out of 10 going to be an engineer, but I've been a pilot a couple of times. (laughs) I didn't need to be, you know, it was more important to me to get on the ride than wait 110 minutes. The other thing I will say is when you go in through the single rider line, the, your, your, automatic option is to go straight ahead but if you look to your left there's another staircase to your left I found that to be a less busy single rider line than the one straight ahead because it's just less obvious okay keep an eye out for that left hand staircase okay okay um so then I walked back to boardwalk because I had to head to Epcot for my guardians individual lightning lane that was at 445 when I got to guardians the, the lightning lane queue was beyond mission space so I can only assume that it had been down and it was beyond mission space, beyond mission oh, space. Oh, man. I mean, so if you're not familiar, Guardians and Mission Space technically are next to each other, but it's there's a good distance. I mean, that's the buildings could not they're not like entrances are not anywhere near each other. Like you walk by a whole like a spacecraft. You, I mean, it's that's insane that's too far away it was definitely going to be over an hour wait oh I'm so bad at like judging distance but that it's it's a good it's a good ways so I decided that that wasn't worth it so I went to one of the blue umbrellas guest relations and politely asked if they could give me a refund because it was so long and that was no problem oh that's nice yeah did they I wonder if it had gone down I'm, I'm assuming based on that line I'm assuming so. And I'm also assuming that they weren't offering any uh, virtual queue times because to get through that. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. probably not. (laughs) So then I walked to the Skyliner and thought a little bit about where I'd eat dinner, but decided to go to Bar Riva because they have a really delicious vegetable skewer on a pita, which is so tasty. And I love the ambience there. So I sat outside where you can watch the Skyliner go past and see the lake really enjoyed dinner um, and then I decided to walk to the Caribbean beach Skyliner rather than get the Skyliner get off again and use the hub there at Caribbean beach um, I was planning to head back to Hollywood Studios at this stage so I walked down there it's a lovely walk I had changed it to my Tower of Terror outfit so once I got to Hollywood Studios I went straight to Sunset Boulevard and got all my photos Um, felt kind of guilty and bad about not doing the attraction itself but 
that was okay. Um, <laughs> then I decided to use my anytime lightning lane for Slinky. So arrived there at 7.15 and it was posted 80 minutes. Now the queue was all inside at that point. So I'm not sure if it was 80 minutes. It didn't yeah. look like 80 minutes to me. Um, so the, the, the three people behind me in line one of them ended up riding with me and the other two were behind and he had never been on it before and he was like this is a kid's ride this is stupid and she was like oh just you wait <laughs> once he got on it he was like oh my god <laughs> never mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was fun to see their reaction um then I had a toy story mania lightning lane stacked but I ended up getting an anytime for it and I thought about what my options were, but I was really enjoying the ambience of the park. I love the music in Hollywood Studios and I love the feel there. So I decided to wander around, do a bit of people watching. Um, and then Toy Story came back up while I was kind of walking. Um, and at that point, I had Toy Story plus I had Mickey and Minnie stacked, but I was going to miss the nighttime show the wonderful world of animation on the Chinese theater if I used either of those. So I decided to wait the couple of minutes for it. While I was in line, I checked the Mickey and Minnie lightning lane and it had turned into an anytime. And I'm not sure if this was just because it was so late, but it said it was eligible for the next day and also eligible for pretty much anything. Yeah. So Slinky, it's, if it's late frozen, in the evening, I'm not sure what the cutoff is, but they, they will sometimes let them be the the following day so that's so, surprised so it was for other parks too yeah all parks Amazing. i could use it i could use it for frozen ratatouille i could use it for slinky dog i could wow. use it like for basically anything good you can get a genie Plus i've never i don't think i've ever gotten one like that before that's amazing that's amazing so i think they try and do it when in these situations where it's like a similar tier ride and so I'm guessing they're like all right this is like one of the most popular rides currently so here you go oh that's so cool I was a bit afraid that if I had used because I had these two anytimes I was afraid if I used one then right before the nighttime show that it would use the wrong one the good one right right so that was another thing that put me off you know, you can ask too. Toy Story one. You can ask when you're checking in. Just be like, I want to make sure this used the the correct one, not my anytime pass. But like, you know, just because you're right. Like, if you tap into a ride a couple of minutes early, like let's say you booked Genie Plus and you have your anytime pass, but you also have your paid Genie Plus and you book a Lightning Lane for you know. Uh, Ariel, you know, so you go and tap into Ariel, but you're two minutes early or three minutes early. It may default to the anytime one instead of your Ariel one. So make sure that you're not early or too late. There is a grace period, but don't, I wouldn't push it. And if you're not sure, ask the cast member, there's somebody standing there when you tap in just to make sure it used the correct one and not the anytime pass. So that is a good, a good note. <laughs> Yes, just be careful. Definitely. Yes. I loved that nighttime show. I just thought it was it's yeah. so underrated. It wasn't packed. There weren't people elbowing you like there are on Main Street. It I was like so that relaxed. One too. It's it's just beautiful. And the music was really good. I loved it. I, I could not agree more. I like that one as well. And I also I part of it is because I feel the same way. I'm like, it's it feels so much more low key. It's not, you know, fantasmic. You're like, you know, 
standing in line with a million people and you're trying to rush to get in there and it's a packed auditorium. This is a totally different vibe. Absolutely. And funnily enough, the park closed at nine that night, but they had two phantasmic showings at eight and nine thirty. And I had considered going to the later show, but at that point I was happy with the nighttime show I had seen. I didn't particularly want to deal with the hordes going into the theater and more importantly coming out. Right. So I decided just to walk back to boardwalk. And while I was walking back, I got to see the luminous fireworks. There you go. Even better. Yeah. For me, it's not so much the crowds as it is the, like the metal seats that you have to sit on, like those bench seats in Fantasmic. They're so uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm like my butt, my back is just, just wildly uncomfortable. Um, okay, so that's cool, though, that you got to see part of Luminous again as yeah, you enjoyed that show. I love that walk. It's such a pleasant walk. I do, too. It's so quiet. People don't, they clearly don't take advantage of it, of that walk, because I feel like, I often feel like I'm the only person walking that path. There's so few people over there. It's nice and, and quiet. And I also think as a single woman walking back, it just felt very safe. Oh, 100%. I didn't have any concerns, even though there weren't many other people. That was one of the lovely things about going to Disney World by myself. It just felt so safe. Uh, I totally agree. I totally agree. I'd be, honestly, I'd be more concerned about gators in that water than I would about <laughs> like any, you know, human bothering me. <laughs> so I could not agree more. Um, okay. So next day then. Um, so next day is Wednesday. Okay. Um, I was up about 6.40, bought Genie Plus, which was $29 for the multi-parks on that day. Okay. Um, the bus stop was very busy. Because at the boardwalk, the only buses go to Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom, because otherwise you use different forms of transportation for Epcot and, and Hollywood Studios. Everyone there was getting on my bus. <laughs> so for a deluxe resort in particular, it was the busiest I've ever seen a bus stop, but it worked out okay. Um, so... I was going to Magic Kingdom. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. And Standby Skipper got me a lightning lane to meet Cinderella at 9 a.m. So this was my Cinderella's Royal Table Day. And I had a whole Cinderella outfit with the Cinderella dress and the ears. And I had a special bag, which is shaped. It's a lounge fly, but it's shaped like the carriage. And it has wheels that turn oh, and a little cute. window that opens up and shows Jack and Gus Gus. I it's have a whole adorable. bunch of lounge fly bags. I don't have any. All of mine are just the, the mini backpacks. I don't have any that are like different. I always look at them, but I worry they're not practical. Does it hold oh, a lot of Oh, it's completely impractical. Yeah. And as for packing it, it took up half the suitcase. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Okay, so I'm. <laughs> I'm that curious. wasn't the point, though, Judy. Yes, the point no, was I, I understand. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, sometimes fashion is not practical. I understand. Exactly. Okay, I'm. I'm curious. So you let Standby Skipper book a meet with Cinderella at Princess Fairy Tale Hall. I'm curious why you did that. Just because you're going to Cinderella's royal table, you had just said, and you know you'll be meeting Cinderella there was there a reason you decided to do the meet and greet as well I probably honestly the external validation of Cinderella saying I love your bag and I love your dress (laughs) you needed to hear it from her twice exactly (laughs) (laughs) okay and also if the photos from Cinderella's royal table end end up being terrible then I have another option (laughs) okay that also is a good point is you've invested in an outfit a bag that's really not practical that you're toting around you want to get good photos of it and now we've 
we've doubled our chances of some good photos of you with Cinderella. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I know most people wouldn't be looking for that lightning lane first thing, but because I got it so early, then I loaded several other attractions onto Standby Skipper. And that was probably the first time that I gave it multiple options of what to choose for me next and just said, right, let's see what it can do. Um, this day, I was probably 20 minutes later for early entry than I had been the first day in Magic Kingdom, but I was so much further back. So just a few extra minutes makes such a difference. I it highly does. recommend if you really want to get things done, get there just 15, 20 minutes earlier. It does, um, yeah. So we walked really slowly as well. Like it took probably 10 minutes to get from that Tomorrowland bridge into to Peter Pan. They're herding cattle through. Yeah. And it seems silly. And I've explained this several times before, but I always feel like it needs explaining again. Yes, you're getting there early to wait, but you're because you're there early and you're waiting at the front of the pack, you can knock out Cinderella and then you can knock out one, maybe two other rides before early entries even over. If you arrive 20 minutes later and you're further back in the pack, that line moves slower. Queues are already starting to fill up. So maybe if you're lucky, maybe you'll get one ride done during early entry, you know. And it's not like the crowds just rush in the moment the park opens. I mean, wait times are still low. So the earlier you get there, the more you can get done in a short amount of time. And so I know I've like... That's exact- yes, I've given this lecture so many times, but I, I feel like it needs explaining, you know, again and again. I think the key point for me is that, yes, let's say you get there 35, 45 minutes early. Yes, you could say, well, I'm waiting 45 minutes for my first attraction, but it's not the first attraction you need to think about. It's the second, third and fourth attraction that you will knock out. That's a perfect way to put I'm going to I'm writing that down because that that is what the takeaway. It's not the first attraction. It's the second, third, fourth. That's beautifully put. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So I went to Peter Pan's flight, which was a really big queue, um, but I hadn't been through the actual queue in a few years, so it's very cute. But I didn't get off it until 9.05, so definitely get there earlier for early entry than I did. Um, so then I used my lightning lane straight away for Cinderella, and it was very funny because she meets with Elena of Avalor, and yes. Elena's obviously used to adults who want to meet Cinderella, and I've never heard of her <laughs> if they don't have kids. So she was yeah. like, hi, I'm Elena. I'm a princess from Avalor. And I was like, Okay, hi, I know who you are, but thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think it's funny that Elena's still meeting. I don't know. It's I've got a daughter. She does not she watched that show briefly a few years ago. I don't I don't know if Elena's even still on. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know anything about her. That's She's a nice so dress. Funny. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> she wears a red dress. Um, That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> So Standby Skipper at that point um, pulled a 10.45 lightning lane for Buzz Lightyear for me. So I had thought that I would next go to Haunted Mansion, but it was actually down. And Ariel wasn't meeting yet either. So I went to Little Mermaid and that was a five minute posted wait and I walked on. Um, And then I decided to see if I could get anything earlier than 10.45 because that seemed quite late for a second lightning lane. It was busy. Uh, I got a little bit earlier for Winnie the Pooh. So... But while I was on my way to Winnie the Pooh, spotted Big Thunder for even earlier. Again, it did that really annoying thing where you click into it and then it says, no, actually, it's not 1030. It's 145. You have to have really fast fingers. So after multiple modifications, I ended up going to Small World. (laughs) Okay. Um, So then I did Filler Magic 
which I absolutely love that show. Um, and then I went to see the Dapper Dans on Main Street, um, shopped a little bit at the old Christmas shop and then checked in about eight minutes early for Cinderella's Royal Table. So I had done the exact same thing. I'd booked the first reservation, which was 11 a.m. when it changes to lunch. It doesn't go straight from breakfast to lunch. So that works well if you're going to get the earliest reservation because it's mostly cleared out. I discovered a lot of people had checked in even earlier. So there was a line already to meet Cinderella. So you meet her first downstairs. While I was in line, a cast member called out that my table was ready. So I had to check whether it was okay for me to still wait to meet Cinderella or whether I had to go straight away. And he said, no, that's fine. You stay there. Um, So met her. That was lovely. Um, And then headed up the stairs to the restaurant. Okay. Can I ask which which Cinderella was the better meet? The Cinderella at the restaurant or the Cinderella at Fairytale Hall? The Cinderella at the restaurant. Really? I think. Yeah, I think so. What gave her the Both edge? Both beautiful, both lovely and friendly, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. I think she just admired my bag that little bit more. Uh, yes, so. <laughs> yes. That she gets bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> I had what I think was probably the best table in the restaurant. I worried because I was on my own that they might put me in the back somewhere in a corner, but I was right at the window with a fabulous view. I could see Beast's Castle in the distance and the whole of Fantasyland. It was just amazing. Um, the food was really, really good. Um, it was a soup to start for the vegan options. They have three courses, uh, gnocchi for the main and then uh, coffee pot de creme for the dessert. Um, the whole point of this had been that it was so expensive that I would do it and then it'd be a one and done and end it wouldn't have to go and we'd save loads of money. But after about three minutes, I decided this was something we had to do on every trip. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. So I texted him and I was like, time to start budgeting. <laughs> yes, exactly. We have to do this one every time. I do like that you get to pay in advance though, because it's it out of the way. Feels and it less feels less painful. Free. Yes. It feels yeah. like a free meal. Exactly. <laughs> so, and there was no rush because I've heard so many reviews of Cinderella's Royal Table saying that they're trying to get you in and out of there. And I don't enjoy being rushed. Um, I have a cast member who's a server and she says that typically in Disney World, the aim is to get you in and out of any restaurant within 45 minutes because that's the way people in America like to eat. They like to eat and get out. It's Whereas true. in Europe, I suppose we linger over meals a little bit more and yes. there's no problem taking my time there. And I really enjoyed that. I think booking the first slot at 11 o'clock definitely played into that. Okay, good to know. So there were no wands, which disappointed me. You just could get a wishing star, which was a little, just a small star. Mm. Doesn't do anything. And swords. But I decided that didn't really go with the aesthetic of my outfit. So it didn't go with that. <laughs> it didn't go with your lounge fly bag. So they exactly. don't do the wands anymore. It's been a while since I've dined there. They On just... that particular day, they didn't have them. So perhaps okay. it was just a supply issue. Oh, okay. Okay. That Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, wait a sec, but why? they have swords but not wands? Okay. A lot of the little girls were taking swords. Yeah. Just I mean, mine probably would too. So she could like hit her brothers with it. But (laughs) (laughs) so after that, I had a haunted mansion lightning lane for 1225. So I made my way there. That was my first time seeing the Hatbox ghost. Oh, yeah. What did you think? Oh, yeah. I loved him. It's a fun effect. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that attraction. Yeah. Um, And then on the way, uh, sorry, sorry. Then I went to Dumbo, which I had a lightning lane stacked for as well. And on the way there, Standby Skipper got me Pirates. So not bad. No, It got me that for 4.45, which was a little bit later than I wanted. So I decided at that point that I'd stack for the evening. 
take a break and come back. Now, how often were you checking Genie Plus to see what standby skipper had grabbed for you? Were you just checking every time you'd get off a a ride? Yes, more or less. But the standby skipper app itself uh, sends you a notification saying, success, we booked you Pirates of the Caribbean for 4.45. There were times not infrequently that I went in and modified it for a time that was better for me. But so, so that's the aspect of being somebody who likes to be in control of the planning. Yes. But for somebody who was just going to be in Magic Kingdom all day, it was perfect. It would just grab you whatever was available. And as you pointed out earlier, you can say, I want the next available of all these attractions or only book me for after six o'clock. They've actually changed the times as well, Julie. They have added more slots. Oh, So I I think there's four time slots now during the day. That was my biggest, really my biggest complaint about it, where when I did it a while back, it was just like morning afternoon, evening. And I was like, well, afternoon is such a huge, I mean, all of them, there's just such huge time frames that I'm like, if I have a restaurant reservation, if I have to run back to my resort, if I have anything else going on, you know, the five hour window I have here isn't useful. So that's great to hear that they have narrowed down the time slots where you can say, all right, I want it, you know, in a more specific time slot. I also think it's important to note you had mentioned notifications to turn on notifications because trying to figure out in the Genie Plus app what your next lightning lane is, is surprisingly difficult. It's not, like I said, that app as well, Genie Plus, not intuitive. And just trying to go through, you know, I wish that they would just spell it out, you know, in order. Like, here's your schedule at 12.05, you have this. At 1.30, you have this. At 2, you have this. And they really don't do that with lightning lanes. So having the notifications on for Standby Skipper, also a, a good tip. So I'm glad that you pointed that out, that you can have notifications so it tells you the exact time when it pulls yeah. something for you. Definitely. Something I noticed at Dumbo, and I think I was probably more aware of this sort of thing when I was on my own, was kind of eavesdropping and listening in. And <laughs> it was a busy day, but there were just so many people who were getting really mad at their kids and just not having a magical time. And I understand, as that lady said, they were nervous. <laughs> but... She was so kind. <laughs> so kind, kind and generous. <laughs> <laughs> it's just people's expectations are so high. And when it's busy like that, and maybe people haven't planned fully, I just think it's there's a lot so of pressure. much pressure. It really, really is. And I, I've heard that a million times as well. And I'm sure that I, I myself have been guilty of, you know, getting frustrated with my own kids. It's, you know, it's a ton of pressure, especially if this is your one and only trip um, to try and do as much as humanly possible. So I think that's too, like when we're talking about is standby skipper or services like that, are they worth it? You know, like back to your point, if you're spending the whole day, you don't want to be looking at your phone. You want to be focusing on your kids, your family, whatever. That can definitely be a helpful tool so that maybe you're not snapping at your kids in the line for Dumbo. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, we've all been there, but like, you know, who wants to be that person? No one wants to be that person. (laughs) So at that point, I my plan was to head to Epcot as I was meeting some friends there. And I had a Guardian's Lightning Lane that I had booked that morning, an individual Lightning Lane, for just after five o'clock. So as I was making my, my way out, the Mickey's Magical Friendship Fair show was on in the castle, which I love. And then the Dapper Dans were singing down Main Street. And I just love Main Street USA so much. Um, got a mon- monorail really quickly, headed to Epcot and hung out with them in France for a couple of hours. 
Then I went to my Guardian's Lightning Lane and I got Conga again. (laughs) (laughs) Your favorite song. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Everybody Wants to Rule the World is my favorite, followed by Iran. I know you don't like Iran, but I said that I don't like it. I just, I think both of those songs are slow for that ride. I don't think they fit the funness. Is, Is that even a word? I wonder if part of it is because as I said, I'm so nervous about roller coasters and I often like request to wait for the front row and stuff like that. The slow is better for you. Yeah, maybe that's part of it that I like it being a bit less intense. Yeah, I've, any of the songs that are more upbeat, I'm like, all right, I'll take it. It's not that I dislike those songs. I do. I love those songs. But yeah, they're just for me, they're a little slow. Like I want to be like screaming arms in the air. That's the vibe that I'm looking for on that ride. Sure, sure. So when I got off that, I went to Creation Shop. I wanted to pick up one of those, you know, those beautiful books they have. So they have books that look like the book at the beginning of the original the journals, movie. But they're journals, yes. right? Yes, I know yes. exactly. Every time I'm one of these days I'm going to buy one. I know exactly what you're talking about and I eyeball them every single time. They're so beautiful. They and I are. ended up getting the Sleeping Beauty one. We, I do all of my planning by hand. I don't use spreadsheets on a computer. So I write everything in a four color pen and, you know, have multiple different handwritten spreadsheets. So I'm going to use it for that. So I was really happy with that. Um, I would recommend not having hand luggage if you're going to buy one. They're very heavy. Oh, are they? <laughs> so at this point, I still have my anytime lightning lane from the previous night so I decided I'd use it for frozen um and I was a little bit tired but between frozen and the beautiful sunset that kind of gave me more energy for the evening um so as a, a lot of my evening plans because I wasn't sure exactly what I'd be doing I kind of left to non-reservation eating so on this day I decided to go to Rosa Mexicano and maybe get some guacamole at the bar there it is in the Dolphin Hotel so it was a quick walk over from Epcot And it's relatively new, but I hadn't been there yet. It was full of conference people. (laughs) Like it was the least Disney feeling experience of all (laughs) of the ones I had. (laughs) It was fine. It was buzzy. It was great for me who was beginning to feel a bit tired. You know, there was lots of energy in the place, but there, I was probably the only person with mini ears. Um, So, but I had great fun. They give you chips and salsa when you sit down. So it's a great place for a snack if you just want something small and a drink. Um, And then I ordered the guacamole, which was very good. Um, I got chatting to two people beside me who were at a conference and said that everybody basically in the place was at a conference. And I had already had in my head that I might try jelly rolls some evening. It'd be very much the type of place myself and my husband would love. So I had checked with him if he would mind if I went by myself. And he's like, I don't think you're going to hate it and not want to go back. So that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So and this guy I got talking to was saying that he had been to jelly rolls the previous night and they were probably going to go back this night and it was great fun. So I said, right, I'm going to do it. I was a bit nervous. I All the other lounges in Disney World, you can see in before you go in. So you can kind of suss the place out, see where a table might be, particularly when you're on your own. You don't want to be kind of walking around looking for a seat, looking awkward. But Jelly Rolls is so different. So just for people who haven't been, when you walk in, it's a bit like a nightclub. You pay at a booth. It was a $22 cover charge. You can't use a Disney gift card to pay to get in, but you can use it in there to pay for drinks. So you have to walk pretty blind into the room. So you can't really see what the situation is before you get in. But it's essentially quite a wide but shallow room. As soon as you walk in, there are a couple of steps down into a sunken area, which has small tables and chairs. And right in front of that is the stage with two grand pianos facing each other. And then on either side, it kind of spreads out to a bar area. 
So by the time I arrived, it was about, so it opens at seven, but the music doesn't start till eight. And I think I got there about seven thirty-seven forty-five. A lot of the tables on the sunken floor area were taken, but I managed to get one reasonably easy, easily. And I kept an eye out. And I would definitely say that if you want to get a table or a good seat around the edge and not stand, you probably need to be there by 8.30. Okay. Having said that, the crowd ebbed and flowed. So if you were a late night person and you wanted to come in around 10, 10.30, you could probably grab a kind of a second tranche of tables from people who had left. Um, it's all table service. It was incredibly efficient. The girl was lovely, kept refilling my water. She was really, really nice. And the music was so good. So much fun. Really fun vibe in there. I didn't feel awkward at all being by myself. It was really fun. Were you able to make any friends or was it too, was there too much going on? So everyone was very convivial. But and at, later on, maybe about 10, 10, 30, the guy I had met at Rosa Mexicano actually came in with a friend of his. So they took the two seats beside me. This is a point, Julie, where I made a mistake that ended up not causing a problem. But for other female solo travelers, I was a bit stupid. I was off guard because I was in Disney World. And if I travel anywhere by myself the rest of the time, the advice always to women is never say you're by yourself. You always say, oh, my friend's back at the resort or my husband's at work or yes. whatever it might be. Yep, yep. And I had been chatting to so many people in Disney areas, in queues, wherever it might be over the previous few days that I had said, oh, yeah, no, I'm here by myself. I'm on a solo trip. And it was fine. He was lovely. The friend was lovely. Everything worked out fine. But afterwards, the next day, I just thought to myself, I really shouldn't have said that I was by myself. Yeah. And I think if anyone else as a woman is going alone, just maybe say, oh, my friend's back at the resort. She might join me later. I'm not sure. Just You're right. These safe. are two gentlemen you don't really know. And yeah. they were sitting with you and alcohols involved. And you're, you're right, just as a point of safety, that is an excellent tip because people do ask me a lot about traveling solo. And I think because of what I do when I do travel solo, I too am like just very vocal about it. I'm here alone, you know, and like I announce where I'm staying. And there are times where I'm like, that's probably not the smartest way to go. And so in my case, I always make sure I have my phone on me. My husband's always tracking me. I'm always texting with somebody and which I think is just another important thing if you are a solo traveler have a friend a partner spouse whoever who you can check in with I make sure to check in with my husband throughout my trip he knows where I'm going where I'm going to be and we follow up with each other um which solo travel anywhere that's a good tip but I'm glad that you said that because yes it's Disney World but stay vigilant anyway as a solo traveler Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that was my latest night. I didn't go to bed until midnight, <laughs> so, which <laughs> is late for animal. me. <laughs> but I was awake early anyway the next morning. I had bought Genie Plus because I got back to the room at midnight. It was late enough to buy it for the next day. So I asked Standby Skipper to get me a Slinky Dog Dash for after 12 o'clock. That was the only time I ever used the not next slot type option and it ended up getting me 240 which I thought was quite late I'd, I'd expected it to get me something around 12 between 12 and 1 um that I had procrastinated a lot about where to eat that morning I had made various reservations for Trattoria Al Forno and then for Cape May Cafe and I woke up and I just didn't really feel like either of those options. So I managed to get a garden grill reservation, my second one of the trip. It was just so tasty. I just really wanted to go back. And it was an example of, I felt I should do something different, but I decided I didn't want to do something different. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And that was nice as well about having 
no one else to check. Oh, totally. Yeah, because your husband may have been like, well, we already ate there. Why would we yeah. want to go back? Well, you know what? You didn't have to consult anybody. <laughs> so exactly. you just do what you want. You can eat there every meal Although, if you wanted to. <laughs> I'm I'm a very decisive person in work, but I'm completely unable to make a decision in my personal life. So I found myself texting him last going, where do you think I should eat now? What do you think I should do next? <laughs> He's like, I'm not there. <laughs> If he was there, he'd just be like, yeah, let's go to Garden Grill or no, we're going to Cape Bay or whatever it might be. Right. <laughs> um, so headed into Garden Grill, realized as I walked towards the land pavilion, and this will appeal to your area of special interest, I had forgotten to put on deodorant. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the now, this worst. happened to me. <laughs> this, and the problem was I could have nipped back to the boardwalk but I had been checking out that morning so I'd left my bags with Bell Services and the deodorant was in the depths <laughs> of my main suitcase I love that you so. came on here and admitted that I love it <laughs> that's just like so up my alley and I love it <laughs> Well, I think it's important for people to know that there is an easy solution because this had happened to me once before. In fact, my husband was like, you let that happen to you again. I I can't you know, I wasn't you. going to say anything, but that's really funny. <laughs> You're like the first time it happened, the second time it happened. <laughs> the easy solution is you go to the baby care center and they have a range of different toiletry type things for sale. And I got a deodorant for like three fifty, and put it on in the bathroom in the baby care center. And I was sorted. The baby care center sells deodorant? Yep. I don't know why that's baby care, but you know, why question it? You needed deodorant. <laughs> so it worked out. <laughs> it worked perfectly. Thank God. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> it's, uh, the previous time it happened, I was going to Animal Kingdom for the full day in the heat of September and it just wasn't going to be a runner without deodorant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's Orlando. You can't forget your deodorants. No. No. Um, So I really enjoyed the garden grill breakfast for the second time. It was just as good. The characters were just as good. This was the morning that I had realized I didn't have the confirmation number for moving to all-star movies and the lady had sorted it out for me in the lobby. So at that point, at least I had a room to, or the hope of a room to go to. Yeah, I'm curious because you weren't, because of that, you weren't able to connect it in your My Disney Experience account, I assume. So no. did this delay check-in? What happened with all of that since it wasn't linked in your account? Or were, did you just no, do it that morning? I did it that morning and I got my, I said my arrival time would be about six and I think I got the room notification at about four. Okay. So okay. it was fine. Um, so then I decided to walk the long way around World Showcase and I saw Anastasia and Drizella meeting on the bridge going out of Epcot, which I had I'd never seen them there before. That was unusual. They're usually only in Fantasyland. They switch up the characters over there at International Gateway. And so sometimes you'll see Mickey or Minnie or Goofy and other times you'll see just totally random characters. So what a fun one. I love Anastasia and Drizella. They are absolutely hilarious. Please tell me you stopped and, and chatted with them. I got into the line and the cast member told me that the party in front of me was the last party oh, they were going to be meeting. Bogus. I oh. know. And I'm so disappointed that they're not coming back to 1900 Park Fair too. Oh, they're, they're just so fun. They're yeah. so funny. That's, oh, what a bummer. So at that point, I had decided I was going to spend the afternoon in Hollywood Studios. So I walked there from Epcot and got as I got closer, I joined the walk up list for Brown Derby Lounge again because I had had such fun people watching there the, the other day Um, it quoted me 10 minutes and it was available straight away. Um, at that point, 
just to say my 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 disney experience app had started glitching every time i went in to check my next genie plus it would or to modify my genie plus it would just glitch out uh oh so the the usual suggestions obviously are turn on off your, turn on and off your phone delete my disney experience re-download it and log in again come off wi-fi i did all of those things and nothing would work i called to a blue umbrella who said maybe there's an update you on your phone and you haven't done it that could be an issue so i had to i it did have a, an ios update that was due so that took ages to do but the blue umbrella lady was able to modify the big thunder lightning lane that i had booked to a later time because I knew I wouldn't be in Magic Kingdom till the evening. Oh, that's nice. So while it was updating, since you weren't able to actually do it, she just took care of it for you. So if you have any problems Wonderful. with your app, they can do that for you. Excellent. Or they can book something for you or book an individual lightning lane, that type of thing. Good. If good, there's good, availability. Good. Um, so then I walked around Hollywood Studios for a while, went back to the single rider line at Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run. Um, then I got to Slinky at 2.35. I had got a lightning lane earlier on that morning from Standby Skipper for Slinky, as I mentioned. It had a huge line. It had been down. Um, so I hung on anyway, decided to wait. It wasn't too bad. And at this point, Standby Skipper had booked me Pirates, Big Thunder and Winnie the Pooh for the evening because I was planning to head to Magic Kingdom. So that was the longest lightning lane wait I had, though. It's Slinky. It was about 20 minutes overall, but it was still worth it. So my next plan had been to walk back through Epcot, get the monorail to Magic Kingdom. But at this point, it was the first day where it actually got nice and hot. <laughs> so it was a bit too hot to walk after the uh, deodorant close shave earlier in the morning I decided not to risk it it wasn't my own deodorant so <laughs> yeah you're right it's not a brand you can trust then why take that risk <laughs> exactly <laughs> um then I so walked back I, I actually spotted a couple of the girls who'd been in jelly rolls the night before I asked I said did you have fun what time did you leave they were like don't remember I thought okay <laughs> oh that's not a good sign right <laughs> mm, it's probably indicative of a lot of the crowd though <laughs> yeah so I only waited five minutes for the bus to Magic Kingdom that was at about half 4 30 um and I suddenly remembered that my original plan had been to try to get a seat at the lounge in California Grill because I hadn't been able despite using Add More Magic to get a reservation there and I love California Grill as I said I don't really enjoy the very crowded stressful viewing of the fireworks from Main Street. So any alternative is welcome. So I thought I might do that. Um, so decided on a whim I'd go to California Grill. I had forgotten all about it. Decided while I was there, you know what, maybe I'll get something to eat here. <laughs> I know it's the prefix. So I my original plan had been to go to um, Territory Lounge over at Wilderness Lodge. They have an amazing plant-based skillet. It's a mac and cheese with plant-based sausage. It's really really good but and it was a quarter of the price of California Grill but the sun was setting it was beautiful the bartender was really friendly the atmosphere was lovely I just thought no I'll just stay here and enjoy it and I'm really happy I did the food was really really good it's very expensive but I actually think it was worth it even sitting at the bar and not having that kind of table environment what is the view like from the bar area I had the perfect seat, which was just at the corner as you walk in. So I could turn slightly and see Magic Kingdom. There are some seats where your back would be to the fireworks. So you'd have to turn around. But a lot of the people sitting at the bar left and went outside to watch Happily Ever After. Whereas 
I knew it'd be cold and you can see them just as well in the restaurant. So <laughs> may as well just keep your comfy seat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so at this point I had five rides stacked for Magic Kingdom. So I walked over there, did Winnie the Pooh, Big Thunder, um, Pirates, Barnstormer, and decided to leave just before park closed to try and miss the massive queues as I anticipated for All Stars, because I'd never stayed in an All Stars before. Actually, I have to say I was so impressed with the bus service to the All-Stars. Oh? I have never seen as efficient a bus service. Every single time I went to get a bus, a bus was either there or there within five minutes. Oh, wow. It was incredible. Not always my experience with All-Stars, but uh, okay. I'm glad, I was glad just to hear then. that it was yours. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, well, that's good because if we ever stay there again, because I had said... I would stay there and my husband's like that's great because I never want to stay there and now you love stayed there so we won't have to <laughs> which all-stars were you at I was at movies movies that's my favorite of the three that has the best theming of the three I agree plus it was the only one I could get so well that, that also helps for me. yeah make your decision <laughs> <laughs> how did you feel going from boardwalk though to all-stars because all-stars if anybody who hasn't stayed there it's set up it's motel style I mean you're the entry to your room is outside you're not like inside a building to get into your room it's a different vibe it's and if a different clientele stays there as well like I've discussed this on other episodes you get like kids up running around later you get more of like the party crowd at the all-stars which if that's your thing that's cool but I mean it is a very different vibe so how did you feel going from Boardwalk, which it sounds like you're used to because you said you own DVC, you know, you're used to the deluxe resorts, to now All-Stars? I think my opinions changed throughout the stay. Um, my expectations were really low, but it was also the only place I could get that I could afford for the extra night. So I was grateful to be able to stay there. Um, the room I know they were relatively recently renovated, but there's a lot of wear and tear on the flooring and the furnishings and that sort of thing. I was in a preferred room in the Toy Story area, so it was right beside the buses in the main lobby. Um, they're tiny compared to the deluxe rooms. Now, yeah. in fairness, the boardwalk rooms are particularly large, but those rooms are tiny. It didn't matter a huge amount to me for two nights on my own, but I think if you had a couple of kids, really, if you're planning to spend any time at the resort, it could be challenging for a longer stay. My main issue was the noise yes um I had an adjoining room they were up late it's like paper it's like paper the walls thin yeah yeah so on the first night I just thought this is no good because I'm saving lots of money but if you can't get to sleep then what's the point you're going to ruin the next day yeah you know now I slept a bit better the second night and I used Hey Disney, the Alexa type machine yes. um, to play some soundscapes and that helped drown it out a little bit. When you're in a Disney resort, they have Disney soundscapes. So you can ask him to play either Main Street USA me- noises and music. We refer or... to her as she who shall not be named. Our I Alexa looked devices. over in trepidation yes. at the corner there in case <laughs> <Does> she <laughs> might come yeah, to life. She goes off. Yeah, they <laughs> do have them in the room. I did not, you know, I've, I've not really played with them too much. I did a little bit the last time. I didn't realize that they played like scenic sounds for you as well. Yeah. I always travel, especially if I'm going to be at a value resort because they, they just are louder. They just are. I always travel with a white noise machine even if it's not something you would use normally in the value resorts just you know 10 15 bucks on amazon totally worth the money because it can be loud whether it's people 
like over by the pool. Like I always tell people don't request like a pool room just because up until the moment that pool closes, you will hear kids screaming the whole time. It just, they get so, so loud. And the the other thing about that particular night was that because it was around Disney weekend, the 5K was the next morning. So people were getting up and out of their rooms at 2, 2.30, You hear every slamming so, door yeah. that like is on your hallway as well in the All-Stars. Yeah. So just prepare yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Earplugs. Um, yeah. I have to say, overall, I loved the theming. I think particularly if you have kids, it's exactly what you'd expect a Disney resort to look like. Yes. I thought the cast members were really fun. The last day I was walking back into the main building in the morning and they had a speaker and they were dancing around to loud music and waving and calling out to people. You don't see that sort of energy, we'll say, at a deluxe resort. So I think I would definitely stay there again, probably only for one to two nights at the beginning or the end of a stay. Um, and with a great deal of persuasion to my bougie husband who prefers to <laughs> My husband's the same way. I think there, you know, there are definite pros and cons to both. And I talk a lot about the noise. Maybe I'm just more sensitive to that. But I also will talk a lot about the price point because like you said, it was approximately $120 a night. I mean, for any hotel, that's pretty inexpensive. You know, I mean, that's a great price for a hotel stay. And like you said, you know, you have efficient bus service and it's like, you just, you can't beat it. And so if this is what's in your price point, by all means, like book it because you will still have the time of your life, but also maybe splurge on that white noise machine before you, before you head out. (laughs) And expectations. Yes. Yes. And just, just understand what you're, what you're getting into. Or maybe you are the party person who's making all that noise. Well, then this is the resort for you. (laughs) The ro- was it the rolling cooler that your friend the rolling cooler knock- guy yes who's like knocking on her door in the middle of the night and she's like hello <laughs> some guy with his rolling cooler I listened to that and I thought if I was by myself in the room and someone knocked on the door at 1am I would completely freak out and think I was about to be murdered well she was like at first I thought it was you because we had rooms next to each other uh, but th- our rooms weren't connecting, but they were next to each other. So she's like, at first I thought it was you. But she's like, but why would you be knocking on my door in the middle of the night? <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't. <laughs> I did not pack my rolling cooler. I was not ready to party in the middle of the night. But yeah, I think this goes back to like women traveling alone. Like I know her, her and I were together, but like we had definitely discussed that as well as we were in rooms by ourselves, you know, and rolling cooler man meant no harm but you know you never know (laughs) you never know so yeah and the motel door setup does feel a little bit less safe it does I the first thing I do when I go into those rooms is I pull those blinds shut just immediately because I don't need anybody seeing just me single person as they're walking by in my room so something to think about as the solo traveler yes and both locks Yes, yes, all the, locks. Yeah. all the locks, all the locks. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day then was Friday. Um, I didn't sleep well, as I had said. So I procrastinated a bit because I was going to Animal Kingdom and I thought, well, I just buy Genie Plus and try and lie in and get an extra hour or two of sleep. Um, but I decided not to. I decided I would save the money and just be accepting of the fact that it might just be a day for atmosphere and not for lots of rides um so I was a bit slower to get going this day genie plus was down to 25 dollars for the multi-parks and 16 for just animal kingdom so it wasn't that expensive um I was at the bus stop at 7.15, just missed a bus. But again, the next one came within 10 minutes. So I went to 
straight to Navi River Journey when I got in just after 7.35. That's always funny. It's something my husband and I often do. And everyone thinks that you're heading for um, flight of passage. So they all kind of try and race you. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm a fast walker, but I'm not competing with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not running this Walked whole straight- way. That's a long walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so walk straight to Navi River, then on and off very quickly. Went to Dinosaur, which is our next tradition. We always go there. Um, nobody going to Dinosaur. A couple of people looked like they were heading there and then realized they were going the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered that... Mo- so Animal Kingdom opened at 8 this morning. Um, so early entry was quite early at 7.30. And I knew a lot of people wouldn't get up that early and had been doing the 5K. So it wasn't that busy that morning. Um, Moana was meeting at 8.15. So I said I'd go there and I was the second party in line. So that was great. And then I went over to meet Mickey and Minnie at Adventures Outpost, which is the only place in Disney World you can meet both of them together. So I waited about 20 minutes there, even though it was posted 10. Um, decided then I would go to Everest and it was a posted 30, but I only waited 20. Um, I considered doing the single rider for Everest, but as I said, because I'm quite nervous about roller coasters, I like to request the front row. And obviously, if you're a single rider, you can't request a special You get row. what you get, yeah. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> that was really fun. I was very proud of being brave and going on it by myself. Good for you. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, a you. lot of people have, you know, fears or nervousness around roller coasters and going by yourself. It definitely changes things. If you're nervous, you don't have your husband to like hold his hand or comfort you so that's I mean I'm serious that is it's I'm glad that you were able to do it yeah at this point the park had got a lot busier so I went to it's tough to be a bug because I wanted to see it before it closes for its renovation or change of yeah change over Um, it was very funny like I know people children get upset in that (laughs) attraction and have to leave but I I'm not exaggerating when I say 15 to 20 people brought their children out in the middle of it oh I talked to somebody later about this and she was like, I had exactly the same experience. And I just thought, are kids less resilient or do people just not read the description anymore? (laughs) I I think that people assume it's not as bad as they're like, oh, it's quote unquote scary. It's a Disney show. How bad could it be? I think that's probably what's going on. They're like, oh, it can't be that scary. My kid will be fine. (laughs) And the next thing you know. Although we both said if that was us when we were kids, our parents would have said, shut up. You're sitting I know. here. We're oh in my the attraction. God. <laughs> yes. No, my mom was not like any of the moms who were like, come on, sweetie. And like walking them out. No, that wasn't my mom. Exactly. <laughs> so I did a bit of shopping then. And then I rope dropped Nomad Lounge. Um, that's a big thing for us. We love going there and sitting outside and seeing the flotillas go past. So that was nice. I spent a bit of time there. They have one vegan option on the bar menu, which is the, it's new and it's a Korean spiced mushroom bao bun. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, no. Well, so I wasn't going to get it because she told me the cauliflower was also vegan. I checked the Tiffin's menu and it wasn't labeled as plant-based. She said she could get it from Tiffin's. I asked her to double check. And she came back and said, yes, there's milk in it. So I'm glad I asked her. Always Uh, double check if you're not sure. Follow your instincts. I had a discussion with my girlfriend about this because I would consider myself at this point flexitarian. I mostly eat vegetarian. I will every once in a while eat meat. I have a friend who was vegetarian almost her entire life and is now vegan. And so we've had conversations about what plant-based means. And it seems to be different depending on where you go. As a vegan, she's often like plant-based doesn't necessarily mean vegan. 
you know, like it just, but at Disney, it typically does. But when you go elsewhere, it doesn't. So she's like, you always have to double check. If you're strictly vegan, it can be an issue or depending on the type of vegan you are too. always ask. And if the server isn't sure, ask them to double check. I think a good example of that is at Coral Reef. They have a dessert that's plant-based. It includes a Jack Daniels mousse. So technically it's plant-based, but Jack Daniels is not vegan because I think they use sheep's wool to filter it or is something in the development process. So yeah, that's the type of thing. But vegans tend to be very educated about these things. Yeah. Well, you know, and she'll discuss, like we were trying to figure out some things on the menu. She was like, all these ingredients this should be vegan, but it's not. And we were trying to figure out what, like, why wouldn't this be vegan? And the only thing I could come up with is honey. Now she eats honey. She's, but she's like, she's like, I'm a honey vegan, but there are a lot of vegans who won't eat honey either. And so it's like the, the little things that a server might not necessarily know or plant-based at one place might mean something different than plant-based at a different place. So asking the questions is important. Yes, definitely. And I was glad it was had milk in it because the bao bun was amazing. (laughs) So it worked out well in the end. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, So then I decided I would do Everest single rider later on that afternoon. So went there, waited about five minutes when it was posted 55 and um, had a great time. Lovely lady sitting beside me. That's one of the nice things on rides when they do put somebody beside you. Sometimes it can be a little awkward if it's tight quarters, but <laughs> it worked out well in this case. Um, and then I kind of meandered out of Animal Kingdom at that stage, got the bus almost straight away um, to All Stars and got changed, looked around the resort a bit and got back to, uh, went back to Disney Springs then for the evening. Um, I had a reservation for Raglan Road for four o'clock, so I decided to go a little bit earlier and see could they seat me. I wanted to sit at the bar uh, and that was no problem. They could. The food there is really good. They have an amazing starter that's called Sure I'm Frittered, uh, which was kind of a vegetable fritter thing. And I got that with fries. It was so good. And I kind of wandered around Disney Springs for a little while. And then I went to get the boat to Scat Cats over at French Quarter to meet some friends but because there were high winds the boats weren't running so mm. I ended up having to get a bus just to be aware the weather can impact on that which is it a shame sure can yeah went to Scat Cats that night I love Scat Cats it's the jazz lounge in Port Orleans French Quarter and it's just a lovely atmosphere really good music it was great fun so they dropped me home then that night so I didn't have to use Disney Transport. oh that's nice great. <laughs> yeah yeah and then Saturday was my last day um, I was up early, decided I would get Genie Plus that day, even though I only had a half day. I was flying home and needed to leave for the airport at 4.30. So I, decided I was going to Magic Kingdom. Um, I, again, was really impressed with the buses um, and started with a lightning lane for Haunted Mansion. Um, hadn't quite made early entry. Um, did Pirate Standby, posted 10, walked on. This morning was really quiet for the first hour and a half and it was the day of the 10K. And I think that's a good tip. If you're going during a run Disney weekend, the parks are going to be very busy later in the day, but not first thing because the runners haven't got back and showered yet. So just to bear that in mind. Um, Also the 10K, so there were no problems with transportation, which I know you had previously and I've experienced before, depending on the the day, half half or the full. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really low wait times. Peter Pan is 45, Seven Dwarfs 50. It was very enjoyable. <laughs> um, Tron was still offered at 10 past 10 for an individual lightning lane. 
Oh, great. Unusual. Yeah. Um, So I watched Mickey's Magical Friendship Fair in full, um, got a lightning lane for Buzz, walked on the People Mover, uh, went a little mermaid. Then I had a reservation for Tony's at 11.40 and I wanted to sit in the patio and watch Festival of Fantasy. Tony's opens at 11.30. If you want to watch the parade from the patio, which is my favorite place and thing in the whole of Disney World, I highly recommend getting there before booking for 11.30, 11.40. Get there by at least 11.15, 11.20 because she told me, oh, lots of people have requested. I don't know if we'll be able to seat you out there. So I wish I had got there a little bit early, but it worked out fine. Sat in the patio. I love Tony's. I know it's not a popular opinion, but I really, really enjoy it. Sitting in the patio, watching the people go past, watching Festival of Fantasy. I just think it's unparalleled. Um, so then while I was sitting there, I decided to do an Instacart order to all-star movies. My husband loves Impossible Burgers and we can't get them in the EU because they're genetically modified. So they're not here. Oh, I didn't so know that. I, yeah, I had never done a an order to a resort before, but this worked really well. It was there within 45 minutes. Couldn't get over it. So then <laughs> I was smuggling home impossible burgers in my suitcase, hoping nobody would stop me. <laughs> it's like, are you able to take them home? How does that? Put them in my check luggage and nobody oh. asked any questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so before I headed out of Magic Kingdom, I did uh, Lightning Lane at Big Thunder and Little Mermaid. Um, and then I... I got meet Mickey at Town Square Theatre for 4.20, but I knew I'd be gone by then. So I just headed straight back to the resort. I had about an hour to wait, so I kind of sat at the pool bar. It was lovely. It was a beautiful day. And I booked a lift to, I, I booked the one that said, save, wait and save. Yes. For 15 minutes. I hadn't yet got my bags. And then it said, your driver will be here in seven minutes, which I thought, this is like Hollywood Brown Derby Lounge. <laughs> that is often how it goes. I unless I'm like in a real hurry, I typically will do the wait and save with Lyft because you save a few bucks, but often they come just as quickly, especially in Orlando where there are Lyft drivers literally everywhere. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so they're, they're everywhere. Was, yeah, it was great. It was only, th- I think, $32 plus tip. And so I ran out, got my bags, hopped in it, flew home, all went smoothly, landed early and was very happy to see my husband after a full week away. What a successful trip. All right. What is your biggest takeaway for somebody considering doing a solo trip? I get asked about solo trips a lot. You've done both where you've gone alone and you've gone with someone else. What's your biggest tip for somebody who's thinking about doing it for the first time? I definitely think you should try it. I mean, you'll know yourself. So you'll know how you are about spending time alone. Um, I would have been happy if people didn't really talk to me. Um, but I was also happy that they did. I was also very glad there was a particular set of circumstances in my life that my husband was so busy that week. I don't think I would just say to him tomorrow, I'm flying out in June. Good luck. See you later. You know, but if I would not hesitate to do it again, it was lots of fun. I heard and saw and noticed things I wouldn't otherwise. I loved just people watching and enjoying soaking up the atmosphere of the parks. I got to pivot on a in a split second and do something else if I decided I was walking towards an attraction and I wasn't feeling it anymore I could just do something different without having to consult with anybody so I really really enjoyed it definitely you should bring a portable charger anyway to the parks no matter who you are but if you're on a solo trip I would say you definitely need one because you will be on your phone texting friends and family and home sending pictures and whatnot and I think too if you're somebody who's never traveled alone and this is something you're considering doing Disney is a great first solo trip place. You know, we talked a lot about like being vigilant, you know, traveling alone, especially as a woman. 
But I think this is, it doesn't get any safer than Disney World. So it's a great place to start a solo travel experience. And it's a great place, like you said, if you want to talk to people, there are people and everyone is so happy and pleasant and willing to talk to you. If you don't want to talk to people, that's fine too. Like you can... You can have all, have it all. You know, if you want to make friends, you can, but you don't have to either. Absolutely. And I like the idea as well of having little games with yourself. Like the one I had with my husband right sending the pictures or I, I used that. to do little audits as people walked past, I'd say, right, how many of the next 30 people are wearing an item of Disney clothing? That sort of thing, just to keep myself occupied. That is, I'm, you know, I'm going to like make a list of, of solo games like that to do. I love that. That's a brilliant idea. If you have any more, you let me know. Cause I absolutely love that. I want to do that my next solo trip. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Are you and your husband planning on going back anytime soon? Yes, we have a few Disney trips this year. In a couple of weeks, we're going to Disneyland Paris to stay in the new Disneyland Paris Hotel that's just opened. Oh, fun. And then we have a Disney cruise in September. And most excitingly, in November, we're doing the Adventures by Disney, Southern California and Disneyland Oh, so cool. Oh, you've got so many amazing things on the horizon. Yeah, very excited. Oh, that's so exciting. I hope you'll tell me how those all go. Will do, absolutely. Thanks for being on the show and sharing your solo trip. Thank you so much, Julie. It was lots of fun. It was great to talk to you again. I love the podcast so much. (laughs) Thank you again to Melissa. And wow, I'm so jealous of her lineup of trips coming up this year. Uh, Absolutely amazing. Super, super jealous. Um, Like I said before, check the links in the show notes. There's going to be a ton of great, useful information in there. Um, Information about dining reservations, the festivals, Genie Plus, Standby Skipper, Uh, Link to the white noise machine. If you're staying at those all-stars, you're going to want that. (laughs) All sorts of good stuff. Um, If you're interested in being a guest on the show, feel free to leave me a voicemail message. There is a link in the show notes for you to do that. Otherwise, I will see you guys in the parks.